0: Hi, and welcome to a Really Good Enough Parent podcast. My name is Christine Altweis. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist, and for 30 years I worked in intercountry country and domestic adoption and family counseling. I'm the clinical director at Pona Roots Counseling Center, where our focus is on family systems, and I'm also a mother. I've created a Really Good Enough Parent podcast in response to what we see every day in our clinic. Childhood mental health issues are skyrocketing and it doesn't have to be this way. I know that really good enough parenting is a skill we all possess. As a parent myself, I also understand how easy it is to lose sight and to mistrust or panic in the face of a melting down child or an impudent teen. The good news is that you have what it takes to help your child. Take a breath. See your child's innocence. You can do this. This podcast will feature some of the incredible people I've been lucky enough to meet in my life. No two have raised their children the same, and all have done a really good enough job. You'll hear new perspectives on how to handle tough situations. You'll be reminded of how your own parenting takes its cue from childhood. And hopefully, you'll feel invigorated to go do a really good enough job at this most rewarding of all human endeavors. A Really Good Enough Parent Podcast is designed to be story time for adults. So thanks for being here with me today. I do appreciate you. Enjoy the show. Coming up on the Really Good Enough Parent Podcast, I am so excited to be bringing to you my childhood friend, Dale Moss. Dale is the very proud father of Isaiah Moss. Isaiah has just released his second record. His first, I'm Out the Box, got over a million hits within the first week of release. Isaiah was diagnosed at age five or six with autism. And what you'll hear in this episode are some of Dale's heartwarming, inspirational thoughts and stories on what it took to raise his son and, um, how he did it and what he learned along the way and uh, what his hopes are for others who are raising children with autism. So I hope you enjoy this episode. The incomparable Dale Moss talking about his wonderful son Isaiah Moss. To another episode of a really good enough parent podcast. I always say this, and then I always say that I always say this, but this time I am just, oh, I'm swallowing hard. I'm so, so excited to have Dale Moss with me today as our special guest. I have known Dale since we were little, wee little people back in Detroit. Um, <laughs> he went to school with me, right. and his brother Billy was in my class, and I reconnected with Dale right. on the interweb recently because he has a son who I want you all to hear about and learn from, and I want you all to get to know Dale and just learn from his inspirational story as a dad of a child with special learning, special thinking, special everythingness, and how Dale identified that and started to make the best of it is the story you're going to hear today on A Really Good Enough Parent. So welcome, Dale Moss. Thank you for making the time to be here.
1: Thank you. So let me let me briefly tell you about my brother Billy, who you went to school with. What well, people don't know, but he's a platinum producer and music. He has like three or four platinum records. Uh, he have one diamond record. Uh, he's also in some television and film, so he's kind of succeed in the entertainment world, where he worked with Jamie Foxx and. And Tyrese Gibson and a lot of big name artists he worked with. Yes. But
0: um Wait, let me just say about your brother Billy. I know that about him. Yeah. And I also was looking at a picture recently. I think I sent you the picture of him on the playground when he was like, We were in yeah. like fourth grade, and he already looked like a big shot. You know, even though he was a scrawny little yeah. kid, he was short, <laughs> little scrawny little kid. Even back then he just looked like somebody, you know, he had that presence.
1: Yeah, because you played the violin, I played the right? Flute. Yeah. The flute. And he yes. played the drums in your orchestra.
0: It was fun. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, back, yeah, now he's a very successful producer in LA, making music, yeah. doing all the entertainment stuff. That's exciting. So, there may right. be a connection later on that you'll talk about regarding your son, Isaiah.
1: Okay. Yes. 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 So growing up with Isaiah, when he first got diagnosis diagnosed, we were nervous because we didn't know anything about it. Um, very terrified, and um, I wonder how we can work our him through this this process. So after many tears and many prayers and things of that nature, growing up, it was uh, uh, my son used to bang his head against the wall and um, had those uh, type of um, <clears throat> outbursts. And one time, i I never forget, I was at an ice cream parlor, and he was eating the ice cream and he was banging his head back. And, I, you know, I didn't I didn't take no thought of it. It's something that he always did. young lady said to me, she said, uh, how long has been like that? I said, all his life. She said, well, you know, you're going to be raising <laughs> – your kid, for the rest of your life, he's going to be living with you. I said, why do you say that? He said, you're going to take care of him for the rest of your life. And then, I, as I looked, a light came on. Like, oh, my gosh, you know, if we don't work as, work him out of this behavior, he's not going to be self-sufficient. So, um, had a conversation with his mom. I said, we got to do some things different. You know, um... And the first thing that came to thought, came to mind in my heart was to um, treat him as normal as I can, right. can treat him. And which means not enabling him, but treat him normal like a normal right. kid. So that's what we start doing. So of course we first thing we did was put him in sports.
0: Okay, Dale, let's let's back up for one second. So we're talking about autism. And your son was about four or five when you had this yeah. encounter in the yes. ice cream parlor. So for the first four or five years of his life, what did you think was going on with him and how did you manage that? And what was your sort of emotional internal process as a parent watching your child so struggle? I, I, back then
1: I didn't know much about autism. I didn't know a lot about it. And uh, so I didn't know what was wrong. Um, with him. I just thought it was normal three or four or five year old behavior. So until we took him to the hospital and they gave us the news. So I thought wow, you know, it's over, whatever. So um, then I started reading up on it and started learning it and learning him. So then we became joint at the hip. You know, we became joint at the hip, and I told his mother that we have to work on his gross motor skills, you know, so he at least learn how to walk, at least have a small chance in life. As as we looked at it, maybe he have a small chance, you know, but group homes and things of that nature wasn't in the plans. So um, as we start putting him in basketball and different sports, he increasingly started getting better.
0: So let me ask you. So when you say you were trying to make sure he had at least basic functioning when he was two, three, four in those early years, was he having a difficult time doing even sort of basic physical yes. functioning? Yes,
1: he did. Talking, okay. walking, um, expressing himself. None of that. None of that was in the play.
0: And you are an athlete. You went to college and played football. And so your idea was, you know, the value of sports, you know, both for internal regulation, you get those rhythms going, you get that connection with your physical body, and then also for brain development and for socializing, right, right? for mainstream. So
1: football, of course, you know, (laughs) I wanted to play pro. It didn't work out. So uh, I wanted to have a kid. If I didn't do it, maybe he can do it. So when I got the um, diagnosis, I thought it was over, you know. So, but as I put him in the sports and he started getting a little better in basketball, you know, but he was so bad in basketball that they played four and five, put him out on the uh, on a free throw line and waited till his five minutes that he had to play was over. Couldn't wait to get him out the game so they can at least have a chance. You know, that's what I was going through. <laughs> now... Yeah. Then, like, when he was, like, uh, eight or nine, he came to me and said, Dad, I want to play football. And I said, son, you barely can walk. How you going to want to play football? You know what I'm saying? But as a parent, eager, um, <clears throat> I'm going to teach you what I can and you know about it. So we, we start working on football. And, of course, he was horrible. And <laughs> they put him under the tree. Didn't re- really want to give him an opportunity. To play. Um, When he did play, he didn't know anything about it. Um, So going through those years, when he got to eighth grade, he went and started playing middle school football. And he was bad, (laughs) again. Then all of a sudden, it was one play. The coach kind of grabbed him and shook him up and said, Isaiah, you're strong you know, use your strength and stuff like that. And I'll never forget, he hit a kid from, for 10 yards. My eyes got big and I said, oh my gosh, some hope. You know, so, oh.
0: You recognized him as a player yourself. And just for Mm -hmm. clarification for parents listening who have children who are on the spectrum, you were putting him in, traditional sports situations there was not a team for autistic True. kids this was mainstreaming yeah. your son which took a lot of courage yes. and effort and and work yes. on your part and coaches who had, had to be, to be open, open right so thank you to yes. all those coaches so
1: um you yeah, had to be open because <clears throat> he was the only one only one I ever, ever heard of I was wondering was he the only one in the world playing football being diagnosed with autism So, um, that turned into seventh, eighth grade. He was, he gotten better, but he was still kind of bad. Freshman year, he started to turn the corner and, um, in fact, he was a starter on one of the top football programs in the state of Michigan on a freshman team. He played D tackle. And of course, somebody gave him an opportunity. His coach was similar to him, so he had a heart for him. So he started playing him, and um, <clears throat> he's got he gotten better, right? Coming sophomore year, uh, he started like a few games. He on JV. He went to JV team. He tried a position. He tried the position I played, which is running back. And the coach really wouldn't give him an opportunity. And he actually told someone that I'm not working with a retarded kid. So it became very controversial. Yeah, he said that. And he wouldn't. He wouldn't work with him. And it took uh, a relative of mine who also came on as assistant coach who gave him a chance on defense. And then he started thriving. Now jumps into his junior year in high school on varsity, right? So uh, he tried out with the varsity team. Of course, he didn't make it. They moved him down to JV. But if you look, if you notice, Oak Park High School had like 10 or 11 Division I scholarship players, right? So we got him a personal trainer. <clears throat> we got Isaiah a personal trainer and really trained him to play football. He moved it with this position called defensive end, and he started thriving. And turning a corner where he went to start dominating these linemen as going to colleges, right? I used to call it a, a, what we call a supernatural influence on his body because coming senior year, he was basically unstoppable at defensive end. I don't care who you were, how good you were, you couldn't block him. He got around you in his own videotape. If you look at his Twitter, uh, Isaiah Moss, ninety-two. I think it's like Isaiah Moss. We'll
0: have it all in the show notes. We'll have all the stuff so people can follow yes. him and watch him. so
1: yes. you could see how how dominant he was. Not to the fact where Scott college colleges will start recruiting him, right? He's six feet. He's about two hundred and fifteen pounds, and he had offers from Division two and Division three schools to play. Now, um, his coaches wouldn't give him an opportunity to really thrive. We kept wondering why. Later on, we found out that um, they, they feared for his safety, and if he got hurt, he would sue the school. So they didn't play him a lot. Uh-huh. And it really kind of hurt him and hurt us, you know, to the point I, I, I cried, you know, and went to California, and then I had this kind of vision Let's move into another direction with Isaiah, you know, and let's see about his musical skills and his rap skills. I thought that was odd, right, and I said, "Okay." So, and it came from some some kids um, from some of his 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 football mates shooting a video of him rapping. And then the idea oh. came. So I'm like, "Okay." So me and him wrote this rap record called. I'm out the box because he's tired of being labeled. He was tired of not giving opportunity. He was tired of um, the jokes and all that. So he's like Superman. I'm out the box now. I can do whatever I want. When I want, I will want it. And no one is going to stop me. If I want to play football, I am. You know what I'm saying? If I want to rap, I can. If I want to sing, I can. You're not going to stop me anymore. So if you listen to the songs, I'm out the box. It catered to uh, some things that he went through, um, and he's encouraging. Now nah, I'm gonna be the spokesperson of people coming out this box. No matter what your lifestyle is, yeah. no matter you, no matter what you're going through, if you was um, if you were, it, it it talks about a lot of uh, issues. Um, people are abused.
0: It's inspirational yes. and it's yes, a great it's song.
1: Abuse, yeah. abuse any of that. Come out that box and be your great self. And that's his his logic. Would he tell people, come out this box and let's beat this great, be a great self? And then I, he started rapping about it. That rap song. And it doesn't hurt
0: that he is so beautiful and he has an yes. angelic glow, right? Like his face, his right. smile. Like he could sell you anything, and you'd buy it. You'd be like, "I will. I want what he has because he is such a just a. It's funny you soul. say that
1: because, um, for those who who's in a podcast who knows Jesus, it all that was inspired with, with what we call the Holy Spirit. He told us all this and the direction where we want to go, and I've seen the results. He even told us the results. I see the results. His song. On Spotify alone had 4 million in like five months. Maybe 15 to 20 million streams all over the world. So it resonated to to everyone. You know, how is this kid who barely can talk, walk, turn into this rapper who made a song like this? Right.
0: Right. So let's talk about that. For parents who are listening or for anybody who works with anyone on the spectrum, the autistic spectrum is a very, it's called a spectrum disorder, because there is a spectrum, right, right? you can be severely autistic, or you can be barely perceivably autistic. And some people who have like Asperger's are autistic, which means usually it shows up as social, you know, social awkwardness, but great intellectual brilliance. Um, So how would you define Isaiah's Level of autism, you mentioned a number of times it affected his gross motor skills. He was having a hard right. time walking. He had a hard time learning to speak. And then academically, you got him all the way yes. through high school and now he's looking at colleges. So, what was that like for you, for him? What did you find along the way in terms of challenges or so supports?
1: I, you know, being, being an athlete, I love challenges, right? And what kind of bothered me, I used to go to a school, when I went to a school, we used to have parent-teacher conference, and things of that nature. They told me that his ceiling was working at Walmart and living in a group home. That's the ceiling. They told me, football, ah, out of the question. He would never play. Okay. So I got out this doom and gloom from his teachers. I'm like, okay. So it motivated me. So, like, okay, I, we're gonna figure this out because I'm gonna prove you wrong. You know? So right. I'm gonna work with you every day. And we're gonna get it academically, and we're gonna get it athletically, and we're gonna prove them wrong. And sure enough, we did that. We did that. Because they was mesmerized when they seen him athletically. And then he um he graduated with a 3.8 grade point average.
0: I know that, that is unbelievable. I'm just right. oh, I'm just oh, I'm so happy. That's such a wonderful yes. accomplishment.
1: And um,
0: yeah, and it says a lot about your parenting yes. belief in him, right? Because he knew that you had his back, and he knew that he could succeed Most with definitely. your support, which is everything yeah. in parenting, right? Believing. He in calls me his best
1: friend, and I tell him, "I'm your best friend. I'm your best friend." Because me, you, and your mom did this all by ourselves. We didn't have much help. From a lot of people, not even family members, you know, um, I used to, what used to hurt me is, you know, you have family members sit down and Isaiah will come and sit next to him. You know what they did? They get up. Nice to notice that, you know, and, and it bothered me to no end. They would get up from him.
0: How do you help your son make sense of that? When that's going on and someone like gets up, your son sits down, someone does not want to sit next to him. How do you make sense of that for him? What were your parenting tactics in those moments where you helped him if, make if sense you know
1: of that? If you know Isaiah, he he, I don't know if he he did or didn't notice, but he never let it bother him. He was always positive. My son will work a, a, a job. And I say, hey, son, how's work? Awesome. Man, lifting heavy boxes is awesome to you. It's awesome. Dad, I love life. Dad, um, I have a great life. That's what he says. His words are always powerful. So, um, even though he may have noticed, he never let it bother him. For some reason, he used to say, I'm gonna be great in life. And that's what he's turning out to be great and inspiring everyone. You wouldn't believe the yeah. emails yeah. and you wouldn't believe um, how people contact me and say how he's an inspiration, you know, to a lot of people, especially in the artistic community. He's inspiring everyone. And if you look at him, he yeah. I, this kid is autistic. Yeah, he was. They can't believe it because he acts normal. He's big and strong and muscular. He's athletic. And then, if you listen to his his new rap record, "Praise Him All My Life," uh, with a, he also talked about his challenges. Man, they say he sounds grown. He's, you know, that record just took off too. It took off. So, um, yeah. Um, now you see a lot of people want to gravitate to him, and that's what we have to be careful because not everybody means you any a lot of good. You know what I'm saying? It's a lot of
0: because he probably is a little bit yes. innocent, huh? He's a little bit innocent in his ability to understand what yes. people really intend or want from him. He's open. He's right. an open soul. He's loving and he just sees the good yes. in everybody.
1: Yes, he does. But you you, you can't challenge him. He, he's, he, he, can, he can thump now. <laughs> he can wrestle over. Yeah.
0: So let me get back to one other thing, because I think, I hope it's okay to mention, but from a parenting standpoint, this is so important you and isaiah's mom were not together for most of his childhood right right? and and i want to point that out because i think when parents when people decide to give birth to a human being and then they don't get along as adults and that child gets caught in the middle that is such a tragedy and you can do so much harm to a child when you as adults can't figure out how to get along and so the fact that you and your ex who, you know, raising a child with special needs is often a deal breaker. It often really changes people and makes them go, right? And so you two decided to work together. And I've noticed in the short time we've been talking, you've been very respectful and, and, you know, grateful to her for her input. You know, it sounds like you and Isaiah have a really super close relationship. She allowed it. She allowed it. And not
1: only that, um, she agreed, let's work together. You know, and we both had the same vision for him. That's very, 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 very important. And we did it together. You know what I'm saying? She's she allowed me to be dad, and she was mom. And we, you know, can't say we agreed all the time, but we always came together and talk out disagreements, and then came on one accord because everything was best for him. You know, we did everything that was yeah. best for him, and to make sure he thrived in life. And um, and she allowed me. You know, when I came to her and said, hey, we got to do this, this, and that, she agreed. And that was easy.
0: She sounds like a wonderful woman.
1: Yes, she was. Yes. She's a great friend of mine. Great friend of mine.
0: So, Dale, taking it back to why did you turn out to be such an excellent parent, which you clearly Mm -hmm. are, and your brother, Billy, he's very successful in life also. So, I'm always curious about how we were raised up, how we were You know, what did our parents do to make us turn out so well? Because so much of it starts in childhood. So, can you share a little bit about what you think happened in your own childhood that helped you become such an amazing person and great parent?
1: My mom, I was very close to my mom, and my mom had integrity out of this world, loving parent. She was there for us and sacrificed for us. My dad was the opposite. So, my challenge in life, I'm not going to be like my dad, you know what I'm saying? Um, But more like gravitate to my mom, the good side of it, you know what I'm saying? And like my father, how he turned out and some of the things he did. And so I said to myself, I'm not going to do those things. I'm not going to raise my kids like that. And I'm not going to be there for them 100%. And, you know, for example, you know, one thing that kind of irritated me is when he would drop us off. You know, and sometimes not being good neighborhoods, you know, drop us off at places we want to go, like skating and movies. It would take them almost an hour to pick us up, and we'd be waiting, you know, like that. And I'd never do that, (laughs) you know. I'm going to come to all your football games. So when it came to Isaiah, I didn't even miss a practice. I think I missed maybe two practices. All while he was um, all doing his sports career. Maybe two practices. That's unheard of. From the time he stepped on the court, basketball, football, to practice, I was there to witness everything and witness. Showing
0: up matters, doesn't it? Showing up, that is one of the biggest things you can do for your children is showing up.
1: And I witnessed what I call a miracle and his metamorphosis from where he started to where he came to be. I witnessed all that. I could talk about that with anyone, you know what I'm saying? Because I've seen it. Seen it every mm-hmm. everything. I've seen everything, you know. i not missing the event,
0: and how wonderful that. And that you were open, you know. Often, we get inspiration or we get cues or we get insight from people we don't expect it from. And the fact that when that woman said something to you in the ice cream parlor, and you didn't, instead of getting mad or shutting it down or like telling her to mind her own business in your head or whatever, like you took that yes. seriously. Because you were open and you wanted to be the best parent you could be. So you were taking advice from anywhere, considering it. Okay, let's look at this, Mm -hmm. right? And then instead of just, like, curling up and dying, you decided to fight back.
1: that's what happened. She just opened up my eyes. I think it was God using her. Open up your eyes and you got to do some things different. Because that's what it did, you know? And one of my biggest concerns was, you know, having to take care of him for the rest of his life. Isaiah right now can take care of himself. He drives, he's um, articulate. Um, Sometimes he acts like he's my dad. You know, I'm I'm, 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 I'm the dad. Isaiah, you're not. You know, he tells me what to do. I'm like, okay, Isaiah. And I laugh because I wanted him to grow up to be a leader. So I listen. If I have to follow, I follow So sometimes you have to follow, and that's what a good parent does, right?
0: Like you know, he's got to have his own sense of autonomy, and and he's got to trust
1: himself. In order for him to trust himself, he has to see you most definitely. I trust him, and I listen. I'm like, okay, Isaiah, you want to be the dad, you know, because you you had like a father figure, but that means you're gonna be a good father when you have kids, you know. So um, try don't balk at him. You know, I laugh, you know. Then he actually say, Dad, am I being a little too um being too tough? I say, Are you good? <laughs> I tell him that. I want you to be that way. You know, even on the football team, they said he turned out to be a leader. You know, when you wasn't going to class, he get on you. When you wasn't um playing hard, he'd get on you. You know, when you wasn't paying attention to the coach, they say he'd get on you. The only thing that was missing is his coach did not trust him on that field to not get hurt to where a lawsuit would have been pending. And that wouldn't have been the case, but he was good enough to play. He's good enough to play in college. Now he's good enough.
0: That's, That's amazing. It. So how does he define or understand his own condition? If he were to, if you were to ask him, what does it mean to be autistic? What would he say? Well,
1: so he 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 did a lot of um. Uh, he's doing a lot of promos about it, but I wonder did he even know until we told him? I told him you know what I'm saying? Take us to tell him. Sit down. Look, man, this is what you are. I think he didn't know, but this is your calling too. This is what we want you to be called. You're called now to teach others to be who are autistic or in your situation. Come out that box and be a, your great self. So he embraces that now, of, um, of of being artistic and 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 teaching people and showing people the way out. And you can have just as normal life as anybody else, and you can do anything anyone else can. You know.
0: As we said before we started recording, it's like a superpower, a superpower, right? Like if you understand it and you're not afraid of it, it can be a superpower. I call
1: it supernatural manifestation. That's what I call it. Because some of the things he did, you know, guys who was playing at Michigan now, how he would get around and play defensive end, I said that's supernatural. That's what I call it. What you said superpower, right. Yes. Supernatural manifestation is what I call it. call it. Because some of the things you're doing is just incredible. Especially when they don't know where you came from, you couldn't talk, you couldn't, walk, you couldn't do those things, you know. So, but now look at you, articulate, you know. You put him on a stage, he, he, he. You put him on a stage, um, and he just blows up. He's, he's different, you know. Put him on a football field, wow, you, you know. Um, and I, I witnessed all this. I even start writing a book about it. Uh start writing something for a movie about it. I
0: was gonna say I can't wait until the oh, movie it's comes coming. Out. I'll watch that. For it's sure.
1: coming. <laughs> I thought the ending was him playing college football and maybe being the the um first artistic person to play. I, you know what I'm saying? I thought that was gonna be an I don't know. It may. I get I it's your choice, you out the box, you can do whatever you want. Or a Grammy. Mm-hmm. Grammy. Be Grammy. Now, that
0: could
1: be- I I know that's going to happen. I already confessed being a Grammy is gonna happen. You know, especially where his his new record is taking off too. So I believe a Grammy's in the um uh, um in a position. It was produced by my brother, written by John Wills, myself, my brother, and another gentleman in Isaiah. Um, but Billy's all he's he's a uh ultimate producer. When it comes to producing music oh my gosh he's the best so
0: yeah he, he's, he's pretty yep. big so you know i think as you said before your son is now starting to make the rounds as a spokesperson yes. which you know if we're talking about there's the personal journey but then there's what does he contribute to the yeah. world you know in addition to showing that you can be an athlete when you maybe weren't even believed to be able right. to walk and you can be uh artistic you can you know, do very big public artistic things like releasing a record. And then the next piece is what do you give back to the community in a, in a way that's going to change the world. And if, if there is more attention given to the condition of autism, and if people can stop stuffing others in a box, like you mentioned, right? Like let them be out, find what their specific talents are, just because they can't do traditional schooling, just because they learn to read or write later, doesn't mean that they don't have something really valuable to give you my
1: is his, my biggest thing is and you can a lot of autistic kids don't have a lot of friends and a lot of people turn their back on them and don't want to rock with them like he says and I'm out the box you know they don't want to you know hang with them or get a phone call hey let's go to the movies let's hang out they don't do those that to those kids so <clears throat> When it was time to hang out, he hung out with us, him and his mom. We took him to the movies. We took him to all the events. You know, he had friends like that. Now it's become totally different. Now when I go places, where's Isaiah? We want to meet Isaiah. We want to see Isaiah. So the tide is starting to change because now they want to see him and meet him now. And, like, he's this, this superstar. You know, I laugh. You know, I say, man, just... Maybe five or six years ago, people didn't even want to, people were getting up off the chairs when you sat down. Now everybody wants to meet you. It's really mm-hmm. a tangent of the guard. Yeah.
0: yeah. So the key will be for him to be able to influence enough people that even if you're not a rock star like he is, you know, that for normal or sort of low key autistic people, Um, that they will be able to be welcomed in the community wherever they go, right? And by having him speak up and say, like, this is is not all right. This was uncomfortable for me. You know, if I hadn't had two amazing parents who believed Mm -hmm. in me, you know, I might have ended up differently. And I think a big part of this is for us as a society to be able to say, okay, not everybody is going to fit traditional molds. We got to be willing to be creative and curious about what somebody's skills might be. And put in the extra time and effort to figure yes. that
1: out. So I, I want to share one more story, too, because I remember Isaiah had a party, uh, one party, and he invited a lot of his kids were similar to him. And um, <clears throat> so when they came, you could see the parents tying their shoes, wiping their mouths, and, you know, they ex- 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 um, had, you know, behaviors like that. Now, Isaiah comes down the stairs and you see this strapping young man, muscles everywhere, you know, and they just, oh, you know, everybody looked at him. His mom actually started crying because she seen basically where he he came from and what he turned out. And if we didn't change our behavior and if we would enable those behaviors, he could have been the same way. You know, don't treat them as normal as you can. You have a chance. Um, Do treat them as normal. Yeah. Right. Got and it. Don't yeah. enable them. Treat them normal. Let make, let them learn how to tie their shoes. Let them learn how to walk. Let them learn how to drive. Um, let them play sports. Treat them as normal as you can. You won't cry later. And I witnessed, you know, I'm on a lot of pages where um, with the artistic communities and they complain, wow, you know, I'm going through this I want to do this to myself because of these things. No, no. Treat him as normal as you can. Uh, allow him to grow into his special self. They're figuring out. I think you
0: had, yeah, and I think that's a really important point. And you're, you know, you mentioned you're an athlete. You have an athletic focus and mentality, yes. right? And you understand that if you want to get better, it takes a lot of hard, consistent yes, so, yeah, work. Yeah. And I think parenting, unfortunately, we've some people have come to believe that parenting should be easy or parenting should be, you know, whatever. Um, and sometimes you got to say, all right, my life is about my kid oh, for definitely. a while. Like, this is a front load investment. I got to give the time and energy
1: but and focus. But when it came to me, I, I had a lot of fun doing it. And that's another thing. I changed my mindset Changed to I had a lot of fun raising them. It wasn't a chore at all. I loved it. You know what I'm saying? A lot of people can't say that. But me, I was like, you know, I had to change my mind to, I had to change my mind. Like when I first started working, I said, hey, you know, I don't know about this because I wanted to play pro football. So I had to learn to tune my mind to um, challenge myself in the workforce to loving my job like I love football. That's how it lasted 29 years. So, work was fun i did the same thing with my son you know i'm gonna yeah. love raising yeah. you like i love playing football and it became a joy and i had a great time with it i wouldn't take yeah. nothing yeah. from it away from
0: oh, it oh i love that. that's such an inspirational place to end and i'm sorry we're out of time but i, I want to respect your time too that, that optimism that you have and that joy for life, and you can turn anything into a fun situation if you choose. I know you've been 29 years with Chrysler, which is a huge right. accomplishment. Uh, and it says a lot about you and your devotion and dedication to whatever it is you put your mind to. So um, do you have any final words, Mr. Dale Moss, before <laughs> I let you go? Listen,
1: I, I encourage everyone to listen to his music. I'm out the box. And praise him all my life. I also encourage everybody to go on his website imoutthebox.com and you can see some of this, his clothing line that he started and go on his... He's got merch. I'm going to put it all
0: yeah. in the in the end notes. I've got everything listed in there so people can find okay.
1: him. Find him. He's an inspiration. He's an inspiration. He and I want to thank you, Christine tweets and tell your family I said hello and uh, I want to thank you for having me on this podcast and I really appreciate you.
0: Oh my gosh. Dale, this has been so much fun. I wish I could talk to you all day, but I'm going to let you go and I'm going to say thank you and I love you. Love you, you and too. I'm just so proud of you for all you've okay. done. And okay, big hugs. Thank Thanks. you. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye-bye. been another episode of A Really Good Enough Parent Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, I'd love it if you'd leave me a rating or subscribe. Subscribing helps boost my ratings and rating me obviously helps boost my ratings, but only if you like what you heard. But apropos of that, whether or not you do or don't like this, I really do like feedback. So please drop me a line if you'd like. Let me know if there's someone you want me to interview or a certain topic you'd like me to tackle. You can find out more about a really good enough parent podcast on the Pono Roots website at PonoRoots.org. That's P O N O R O O T S.org. Pono Roots is a nonprofit program, and if you wish to support our work, donations are always welcome. And with that, I'll leave you a quote from Carl Jung and something that my children remind me of every day. You are what you do, not what you say you'll do. Thank you. Take care. Aloha. George loves Detroit.